Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you receive a blessing from this program. We hope that you will join us in person this Sunday at 9.30 for Sunday school and 10.35 for the service. We promise you will receive a warm welcome. For more information or to watch our services live, please go to gpindy.net. Now, let's join the service already in progress. What a fellowship, what a joy divine leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms. of you are here with us this morning. Uh, today, on the end, we have Grace Marie Adams, Grandpa and Grandma Jeff and Jenny Adams. Where are you? Yay! All right. Laura is, is uh, Grace's mom. She chose for Grace her life verse. For by grace you are saved through faith, and have not yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, at least man should boast. Uh, Don, my assistant. <laughs> hurry, Don. Come on, hurry. All right. So welcome to our family. This is Grace Marie Adams. <laughs> Next in line here is Ezra Callahan, born April 1st, 2020. His parents, Ethan and Jocelyn Callahan. Um, we have, we're excited to have you here. And Ezra has, is so sweet when he walks. You would think that little buddy, go ahead. Uh, I'm not bossing him around, okay? <laughs> All right. Okay, next in line is the new family of the Colts Claws. Recently, they have adopted these two young, they're twins. Uh, their name is Malachi and Millie. I'm gonna let mom give the real names. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so we have Adriana Hadassah Millie Holtzclaw and Xavier Malachi James Holtzclaw. Now, you know why I didn't do that, right? Um, there's 30 letters in Millie's name. Can you imagine filling out the SAT forms and all that? 30 letters. Xavier has 27 letters in his name. They were both born July 16, 2014. Welcome to our family. Crystal and Darren Holtzclaw. All right, 
Next in line is Dwayne Bandeman. Julie is his grandma, and we're proud to have Dwayne. He has grown so much since he's been here. His birthday is April the 16th, 2014. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing this. It's really important to these families. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we're thankful for these parents and these children. Just pray you'd have your hand upon them. Just pray that they raise them up in the nurture, the admonition of the Lord. Uh, may they just really realize, as Hannah did, that Samuel was a gift from God and that she rededicated him and gave him to the Lord. And I just pray that these parents here will give their children to you knowing that you're the one who gifted them with them. May they raise them up strong, give them good health, and above all, at a young age, may they come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ to be their Savior. And God, may they be something special that you will use in other people's lives before all of this is over. We love you. Thank you for these parents and their time that they want to dedicate their children. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Here's the song called The Heaven Medley. I've a home prepared where the saints abide Over in the glory land And I long to be by my Savior's side Over in the glory land Over in the glory land I'll join the happy angels band Over in the glory Pure in heart and it's a highway to heaven Walking up the King's Highway Oh, it's a highway to heaven None can walk up there But the pure in heart and it's a highway to heaven Walking up the King's Highway Start while I'm talking Walking up the King's Highway There will be a blessing You will be confessing Walking up the King's Highway It's a highway to heaven Not to walk up there But to pure in heart And it's a highway to heaven Walking up the King's Highway Overcome, yeah. 
off my windshield because you're showing me in you I'm free you're still the refuge that I just gotta get to so I won't let a day go won't let a day go by so put the drop top down turn it up I'm ready to fly Ooh, there's something about the way the sun shines on my face it's love so true I can never get enough of you This feeling can't be wrong I'm about to get my worship on Take me away It's a beautiful day Yeah, yeah, yeah It's a beautiful day Yeah, yeah, yeah well, I've got no need to worry I've got no room for doubt No matter what's coming at me always be the beautiful I sing about there ain't no limitations to your amazing grace your amazing grace and there's something about the way the sun shines on your face oh no I can never get enough of you this feeling can't be wrong I'm about to get my worship on gonna sing a brand new song yeah i'm about to get my worship on take me away on this beautiful day yeah 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 it's a beautiful day yeah 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 what a beautiful day it's a beautiful day yeah 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 such a beautiful
who makes the sun to rise brings the earth new life with every being Jesus it is you who turns the day to night watches me his life begin to dream Jesus it is you Who brings me food for my table? Who cares for all of my needs? Who walks the road with me? Has grown with me through all that I have been. Jesus, it is you, my Jesus. Jesus, it is you.
done for us. Let's just sing the little chorus evermore. I will serve you. I'll trust you. I'll adore you. Sing with me.
Thank you, man. Appreciate that. We're sitting pretty good, aren't we, <laughs> as Christians? Proverbs chapter 31, title of my message this morning is A Mother That God Honors. Today's Mother's Day. I'm sorry the sun's not shining. I felt terrible about that. But since I don't have anything to do with that, <laughs> but uh, we hope you have a wonderful Mother's Day. You deserve it, that's for sure. Now, when I have Father's Day, as all the men think, I skin them alive. But uh, I'm not going to do it this Father's Day. I'm going to be really gentle and nice and just pat you on the back. That's just what I'm going to do this next time, if I can hold it. Okay, now, Proverbs chapter 31, verse 25 and following says this, Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. That's a good testimony uh, for ladies. An old thing that I've said in the past, pastor, he was at a conference, and another pastor was preaching at this conference, and the pastor said uh, at the church there, he said, you know, he said, uh, I've been in the arms of another woman all of my life, my mother, and uh, this pastor said, oh, man, that, that's touching. That's good. And so the following year, he thought he would use that too. So he got up and he said, you know, I've been in the arms of another woman for most of my life. And uh, he went blank. <laughs> he repeated himself, I've been in the arms of another woman for most of my life. And he went blank again. By that time, his wife and mother-in-law were thinking to themselves his head would look good on their wall at the house. And anyway, he repeated to himself, he said, I've been in the arms of another woman for all of my life, most of my life, and for the life of me, I can't remember her name or who she is. <laughs> That'd be a bad thing, wouldn't it? <laughs> You know, the Lord, uh, he honored women. We know that. You read the Bible. There were women and mothers who prayed in the upper room there in Acts chapter uh, 1. And uh, as they waited for the Spirit of God to come down, even Mary was there. And the women were there. They were holding things together with the men. They were praying. There's something about a mother's prayer, isn't it? Uh, you can't outrun a mother's prayer. I always remember this one gentleman he said to me, he said, you know, every time I, when I was in the military, I started to sin, it was like as if my mom placed her hand on my shoulder and says, you don't need to do that. <laughs> a mother's prayer will go a long way sometimes, doesn't it? And then also there had been mothers with courage to stand up for Christ. I always remember the story of the China missions where the girls and young ladies uh, were there and the Revolutionary Guard came and took over at that time under Mayo. And uh, he threw the Bible down on the ground, the soldiers did, and said to each girl individually, he said, deny that Bible and you live. But if you don't deny that Bible, you die. And every one of those young ladies at that mission, 
Every one of them were martyred for their faith. There have been a lot of moms and ladies who have been courageous throughout history. You read Fox's Book of Martyrs, and uh, that's amazing. You read the ladies and the mothers, what they had to go through, the torturing, the deaths by fire, uh, just a lot of things. Courageous mothers. You know, even today, it takes a lady that has a lot of courage that she's in an abusive situation, she has the courage to stand up and say no more and leaves that situation. That takes courage today, doesn't it? And then there were there women and mothers who've shown the importance of the Bible and the gospel of grace message. You think back, you think of Mrs. Stam and Mrs. Iris uh, Feldick. You think of Jenny Ropke, who's been faithful, Bev Shalotl, now Debbie, uh, Carol and uh, lots of others and uh, it's come at a cost there's always a cost when you stand up for what is right rightly dividing and what is truth and uh, people today are not the nicest people when you stand up for rightly dividing in the gospel of grace and then there were women and mothers who had vision influence leadership like Lydia uh, she's a business lady uh, she got saved through Paul's message, and uh, she saw the need that in her area that they needed a church, and so she convinced them to start the church there at her house. Eventually became uh, the Philippian church uh, at Philippi there, and uh, that's where Paul started in that area. And then there were women and mothers who studied knew and lived the scriptures. Acts chapter 17, verse 11 and 12. There were, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Therefore many of them believed, also of honorable women which were Greeks and of men not a few. The ladies, when they heard it, they said, that is the truth. 2 Timothy 1.5 says this here, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother, Lois, and in thy mother, Eunice. And I am persuaded that in thee also. Here's a young man. Evidently, his father was a Greek. He was a Roman or something like that and uh, is a mixed marriage, Jew and a Gentile. And his mother had an influence on him and his grandmother, and he was ready to hear the message of Apostle Paul when Paul came by. There were women and mothers who were not ashamed of Christ in the gospel, of the gospel in a hostile culture. And you need to understand that women back then in an unbelieving society, they were considered second-class citizens. Uh, the women back in the old days were used for pleasure. They were inferior to men. They were to stay in the kitchen, in the bed, in the temple. They couldn't testify in court. They were just second-class citizens, just a piece of property. Yet a lot of them stood up courageously and stood up for the truth. Acts 17, 4 says this here, And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas 
of the devout Greeks, a great multitude, and the chief women, not a few. <laughs> it means uh, quite a few of them did. But when it came to stand up for the truth, these ladies did that. There were many women and mothers elevated by Christian truth, just opposite of what our society is trying to say today. Our society is trying to say the problem today are Christians. Uh, they're the ones that's holding us back, who don't believe the way society believes. They believe differently today. Well, you read your Bible, you understand, and when Christ came on the scene, he lifted up the position of the ladies. Jesus broke man's tradition to talk to an immoral Samaritan, half Jew, half Gentile, woman at the well in open daylight, shocking to his disciples. And then she came to faith and he used her to go and witness to an entire city. What a wonderful thing of grace. Doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. God says, I can pick the pieces up in your life. Jesus broke tradition by using Mary and Martha to illustrate spiritual truth. That was unheard of back then. And he showed one's priority. Does one want to be busy or does one want to worship? And he used that as a spiritual truth. Jesus defended a woman taken in the very act of adultery. He said, hey, all you guys, ye who are without sin, ye cast the first stone. That's something. You cast the first stone. Nobody could. God said to the woman, Christ did, he says, go and sin no more. He demonstrated to that lady, there's always grace. Jesus honored two women who washed and anointed his feet. And the one actually had spiritual insight that even his own disciples didn't have. She had spiritual insight that he was going to his death, whereas the others didn't have that. Jesus acknowledged a Gentile lady's faith, understanding that when Jesus came, he didn't come to the Gentiles. He came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But yet, an exception took place when a lady realized that she just wanted some crumbs from the master's table, <laughs> and he showed her grace. Jesus honored the little lady who gave the mite, little less, I don't know, little less than a penny from what I understand. And he honored her. And it's in scripture because she gave all she had. He honored that lady. Jesus on the cross honored his mother to have another person to take his place because he was to die, to watch over his mother. Everybody, of course, says that was the apostle John, but in reality, I believe it was Lazarus. I have reasons for that. Jesus honored the women who were at the cross. If you remember, he later appeared to the women first after his resurrection. He first appeared to Mary Magdalene, then Mary and Mary of Siloam. You know, when Paul came on the scene, he continued to elevate women. He said, in our positions in Christ, all are equal within the body of Christ. And with that elevation, God begins to lift up ladies and mothers. And with that elevation comes responsibility. Mothers, ladies have a responsibility. 
The Bible tells us some of those things. He, that God honors a lady who gives her kids time and love. He honors that kind of mom. Uh, just to be there. I remember years ago, uh, Carol, she worked at the bank, Indiana National Bank, back in those days. And anyway, she worked until the kids, it was time to go to school. She wanted to be home when the kids came home from school. She didn't want them to come to an empty house. And I remember when she did that, uh, that cut our income. And, uh, but God takes care of you when you do things for your family. And uh, just remember that. Now, I know today it's a lot more difficult. Uh, it costs more to live, and I understand that. But when you make your family a priority as a lady, it's your, it's your responsibility to be there all you can for those kids. You have to work at it today, but you can be there. Not only that, he honors those who try to instill God's word in everyday living. And she does that by her own example. By the way she lives, she can inspire, she can challenge as she applies truth to circumstances of life. That's how you show them. And then also he honors those who are not afraid to use biblical discipline when needed. Now, I know today there are different ways of disciplining your children. I understand that. Uh, today, because of society, psychology, uh, all the movements, it's almost abuse if you ever physically discipline your kids anymore. Sometimes it calls for the Hot Wheels track to come out. That's what Carol whipped our kids. She had a Hot Wheels track, and that thing go flip, flip. It'd burn you. And uh, it, sometimes it calls for that. Now somebody will say, do you mean to whip them? <laughs> Proverbs twenty-two fifteen says this here. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Now, you're going to believe society or you're going to believe God. Pretty simple, isn't it? We're not talking about abuse here, okay? Someone says, oh, I love them too much. Get over it. My goodness. Proverbs 13, 24. He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. I mean, if you, you don't give them what they want, you give them what they need. Amen? Some say, oh, I'll just use some words and give them a good scolding. Now, sometimes that's good. Sometimes you need to sit down, you need to discuss it with them or whatever. But Proverbs 23, 13, 14, withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shall deliver his soul from hell. You're going to believe God or you're going to believe society? <laughs> In other words, you give him a good lick. He's not talking about abuse. I think that's why he gave all that padding back there. Amen? <laughs> Some of us have quite a bit. 
But anyway, I, uh, and he says, if you use the rod of correction, you'll save him from hells in the future, but also from a hellish life in the present. Then some people say, well, they just need to grow out of it and be free from it. They'll, they'll be able to choose what's right one day in the future. And their kids do everything. You ever go in a restaurant or you're sitting somewhere and they're just uncontrollable and a parent just sits there, sits there. I just want to go over and whip the parent. <laughs> have you ever, anybody else ever have that thought? I, I'm sorry, I must be crazy. Notice this, Proverbs 29, 15 says this, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringing his mother to shame. You let them go do anything they want to, and they can rebel against authority all they want to in your home, and then they go out and they get in trouble out there because there's bigger dudes out there. Amen? Also, they say, well, they're too young right now. I'm going to wait until they're older. You know, if you do it earlier and do it properly, you don't have to do it as often. I mean, that's just a fact. Proverbs 19, 18 says this, Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. Oh, I just hate to hear him cry. Oh, God. Smack that kid. Amen. Well, if, I'm afraid if I whip them, they'll rebel. Thinking, are the parents afraid of the kids? No, you're the parent. Huh? Proverbs 29, 17. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. Amen? And then also they'll say, oh, is that necessary? Well, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 30. The blueness of of a wound cleanseth away evil, so do stripes the inward parts of the belly. <laughs> so God says, listen, yes, you can be creative. At times, no question about it. But there are times you bring out the hot wheel tracks and you whip them, okay? And some of you might think, that, well, that's old. No, that's Bible. Amen? Amen. It takes both. I understand that. Now, if it is necessary, which it should be necessary because they have a sinful nature, the first thing you do is you establish the way God deals with us. First of all, you establish guilt. Us, for all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. We don't measure up, do we? Well, neither do our kids at times. You establish the guilt. Then you establish authority. It's Christ, it's man, it's a woman, it's the children. Then you establish love. But God commends his love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We're not supposed to, to, to uh, create wrath inside of them. And then we are to exercise the rod, not abuse, but you exercise it. The Lord chastens those whom he loves. And then encourage fellowship after it's over. Be you kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. It's over. We learn from this. And then the last thing, expect the right response. 
Godly sorrow worketh repentance. You whip them. You didn't do a good enough job. That means, hey, we need to redo this. Did you understand? Amen? Boy, you're awful quiet. Now, he honors a mother who gives them her faith. The only faith. That's her faith in the finished work of Christ. She demonstrates to the kids that her salvation is real. Her faith is real. She wants to see her children saved. So she is always giving them the word of God when she can. So that at a young age they can come to a saving knowledge of Christ. That's a mom's responsibility if she's around those kids that often. The fathers too. I'm not neglecting that. But let me ask you something this morning, ladies. Are you saved? Has there ever been a time in your life where you saw that you were sinless or sinful? Not sinless, sinful. You were guilty. You couldn't do anything of yourself to save yourself, but you saw one who came, who died for you, was buried, rose again. And you're saying what his work has done is enough to save me. And you put your faith in that alone, in him alone. Not baptism, not church membership, not giving your money in the finished work of Christ. Has there been, ever been a time that from your heart you said, that's for me, I believe. Not only that, he honors the moms who encourage her kids to use their gifts to contribute something for the cause of Christ. God wants you to use your gifts. Do we encourage our kids to use their gifts for something? I always enjoy looking up at the choir, and I see the Boyer's family, Shalato's family, the Holtzclaw's family, others, and they're right there serving, using their gifts together. You see that throughout the church. And that should be a priority of us to let them become actively involved doing something for Christ. Amen? Then also he honors those who teach them to fear God. Moms should teach their kids to fear the Lord, to have a proper respect, a proper, proper reverence for him. He's not just the big guy up there. He's a holy God. Amen? God help them to have an Isaiah experience. Help them to see God high and lifted up. Then they'll say, woe is me. Huh? You pray for that. And then also he honors a mom who shows them to recognize and resist evil. Teach them how to flee. <laughs> how to get on their feet and run from it. Teach them... To, you know, the Bible says the devil goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And then the next phrase says, whom resist in the faith, steadfast in the faith. You have to give them that so that they can stand and they need to recognize what God says is right and what the world says quite often is wrong. Amen? And then he honors the mom who trains them how to cry out to God in time of need. When a kid has a problem, they ought to know what to do. 
casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Kid needs to learn how to just fall on a knee, say, God, I need you. I'm a mess. I've got this problem. This is going on at school. God, parent needs to teach their child that. Then also he honors those who explains God's umbrella of protection. That's an important one. You know, our kids need to know we reap what we sow. As long as I'm under the umbrella of God's will, his word, I'm doing what God wants me to do, and it's pouring all around me, I'm going to stay dry. I'm going to stay in the will of God. I'm not going to get hurt. But when I begin to leave the word of God and the will of God, I put the umbrella over here, all of a sudden I'm going to get hit. And kids, you'll get hit when you go outside of the will of God. Amen. Amen. And then lastly, he honors those who praise for them daily. If anybody ought to pray for their kids, it ought to be mom. It ought to be the lady. She said, what in the world do you pray for? Well, you pray that they will hate sin. Amen. Psalms 97 verse 10. Ye that love the Lord, what? Hate evil. He preserveth the souls of his saints and so on. Teach them to hate evil. Pray for that. Pray that they be caught when they're guilty. One of the bad things that we as parents do when our kid does something wrong, we try to step in and try to remove the consequences of what they did wrong. And they'll never learn. They'll just say, well, mom and dad will bail me out. Huh? They need to learn. There's a consequence to what you do. And then you can pray for them to be protected from evil. We live in an evil world right now. It's, it's more evil today than I've ever seen in my lifetime. It's getting to be like Sodom, Gomorrah, and Rome all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going bonkers right now. You need to pray for them to influence for good. Pray that they be something special, a light to other people. It states Daniel 6.3. This, uh, then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because... An excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. He had something the others didn't have. Of course, he had God, and he had a spirit. He had an excellent spirit that people wanted to be like or follow or trust. Pray that for your kids, and then pray for them to have the right friends. If you run with the wrong people, you'll do wrong things. He that walketh with wise men, thank you, shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You know, you need to pray for them that they get around other people that will encourage them in their walk with Christ, not to walk with the world. Amen. Amen. I remember a lady by the name of Elsie Lawson. She's a great lady of prayer. And she prayed for her sons, and her husband was a pastor. And she's from uh, Canada. And Carol and I met her down at Chattanooga, Tennessee Temple. Then she moved back there, and we would go up and see her at times. And uh, she passed away. When the policemen went into her apartment there, they found people's names all over her mirror, people she prayed for. 
and I'm grateful my name was on that mirror. I lost a great saint, a prayer warrior, when she passed. But you know something? She prayed for her kids. All of her sons were preachers. I don't think that's by accident. I think she was really getting hold of God for her kids. And that's what God wants from you. He wants you to sacrifice for your children so they can be something. In England, years ago, there was a mother and a son. They were trapped in a snowstorm and couldn't get anywhere, didn't know where they were. It was bad. They were facing certain death. When she saw that they both were going to die, the mom, she took off her outer clothes and she wrapped her young son in those clothes. Later on, they found her dead, frozen, but the young son was still alive because that mom sacrificed for her son. And the amazing thing is his name is David George. He eventually became England's prime minister. You never know what you're doing when you sacrifice for your children. For the most of us, not all, but for most, our mothers have sacrificed so much. And we are what we are today is because we had a mom who loved us. Amen? We had a mom. There's something about moms and children. Even I know fathers are good men. Don't get me wrong. But there's something about a bond because she's the one who carries that baby, who has it. There's something there that bonds with her children. And she is a key factor. Let me ask you, what kind of mom or lady are you today? I'm grateful that regardless of what the past has been, there's grace to be able to start a new life, <laughs> to be able to be the kind of mom you want us, that God wants you to be. So I just wanted to give you a message to challenge you moms. We thank you for all the sacrifices you do make. And we love you for that. I, I wish anything if my mom were here today. Uh, there's many of us here, right? Our moms have gone on. And I'm grateful my mom was saved. She's in heaven. I'll see her one day in the future. And... Uh, one of the things that I pray before I leave my house, I, I pray uh, that Carol and I will be faithful to the Lord, and I, I thank God for Carol's mom and dad, and I pray that we would honor my mom with the life that I live today. And I pray that all the time. Uh, up, in, up in my office, I, I have... Uh, pictures of all my kids and everybody and when I leave the office I go over each one and each family I have my kids I have grandkids I have great grandkids and I go down there I said God may they live for you God protect them meet their needs of course but God have your hand up on them Lord this one here is not as close to you as they ought to be God, do something in their heart. Send somebody to them. And it's amazing. Your love for them begins to increase more and more when you're thinking about them. So I just challenge you as a mom that 
live for your kids. Make them successful. And I believe God will honor you for that. Father, we love you. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the empty tomb. Thank you for the accomplishment of that. That that was enough to satisfy your justice. That was enough to pay for the sins of all mankind. Ours. And you made it available. And all we need to do is to believe that Christ is your son. That he died for our sins and he rose again the third day. And believing that is enough to save us. When we believe that, it was for me. It's at that moment you regenerate us, you make us alive, you save us. We're a new person. If somebody's here this morning has never done that, I pray they do that this morning. Even at this moment, with our heads bowed, may they in their heart tell you that they believe. They can't save themselves, but Christ has done enough to save them. May they do that now. And for the rest of us, may we be grateful we're saved, but also understand our responsibility as a mom, as a lady, since it's Mother's Day, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, yes. We hope that you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you to visit us in person. You can watch us live and view past services on our website at gpindy.net. For more information, please visit our website or contact us by phone. Until next week, may God richly bless you is our prayer.